Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to LifePoint. We're thrilled to have you joining us online, wherever you're watching, listening. Uh, Maybe you're in your living room, maybe you're out walking around, or or wherever it may be. We're thrilled to have you here. Before we dive in, just want to throw something out to you. We mentioned to our those who come to our outdoor service, uh, as the weather's starting to change, uh, we're going to begin to look at uh, transitioning to moving back inside our building. And I know that may not affect uh, many of you, maybe not any of you, because you're choosing to watch online, which is wonderful. We're going to just continue to do the best we can to give you an incredible experience. But also want to give you a heads up as the weather changes and it becomes maybe more difficult to do our outdoor service, we're going to transition indoor. We'll give you a heads up on that date. It might even be the week of that we let you know. But uh, we'll have our our services in here. Obviously, there'll be less people in the room, take reservations, wear masks, all that type of stuff. But giving you a heads up, if by chance that impacts any of you and you uh, are, are wanting to know that, uh, just watch uh, for emails and, and texts that'll be coming up maybe in the next few weeks or so. So I got to tell you, I love to climb mountains or to climb hills. Wherever I go, if there's a mountain, if there's a hill around, I'll take the time to climb up that mountain, to climb up that hill. Do a lot of backpacking in our family, wherever we land uh, uh, to stay for the night. If we look up, if there's a hill, we'll climb it. If there's a mountain, we'll climb it. Uh, Down on my mom's house, uh, uh, the San Juan Hills are right behind her. And I love to climb up to the top of that hill there where I can look all over San Juan Capistrano, Dana Point, a little bit of San Clemente. And I love to do that. these different places I've been to. I like to climb the mountains. Uh, In the land of Israel, they have a ton of of hills and and mountains, and and I've actually climbed a few of those uh, from my different trips that I've been there. We're beginning to look at a new series, and we're going to start this new series called Mountains, and we're going to look at significant events that have taken place on mountains in Israel. In fact, Whenever God sends somebody to a mountain, something big is about to happen. God uses our mountain experiences, because we all have mountain experiences, not just physically, but we all have mountain experiences, and God uses those in our lives to do big things in us and through us. Today, I want to look at one of the most important mountains in Israel, Mount Moriah. In fact, uh, some would argue it's the most important mountain in all of Israel. Uh, Let me set up the backstory for you so you can kind of track along with us here. It tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that God, God called to a man named Abraham who lived in the land of Ur, which is southern Iraq. He called him from Ur to go to a land that God would show Abraham. And and, and so Abraham, the Bible tells us in this passage, that land he's going to go to is eventually going to be Israel. And so Abraham packs up his belongings, packs up his family. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 tells us. And, And they all pack up and they head out on this long journey, even though they don't know where they are going. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that by doing this and by, being fa- by following God and trusting God, that God would make him into a great nation. Now, there's a problem for Abraham. He said, God said he's going to make him into a great nation, but Abraham has no children. So how can you be a great nation if you have no lineage? 
Well, eventually, by miracle, God gives Abraham and his wife, Sarah, a child named Isaac. It's a miracle story. Some of you know it. Maybe some of you don't. You can read about it sometime there in Genesis. And, and I mean, Sarah's 90 years old when, when she has this child. Abraham's 100 years old. So that's obviously a miracle in and of itself. So Isaac is considered the child of promise. He's the beginning of the future. And I imagine Abraham was super protective over this child, right? Maybe like some of you are with your children. And, and, and you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he didn't let him go out and have fun or climb trees or, or walk to school. Or, or maybe he just was super protective over him. Well, years later, God puts a huge mountain in front of Abraham. But it's there on this mountain, Mount Moriah, that we discover the ways that God uses mountains in our lives. And this really, this message really sets the tone for the entire series and kind of lays on top of every mountain we're going to be looking at. The first thing you and I need to know is that God uses mountains to grow us. God uses mountains to grow us. In Genesis chapter 22, which is where we're going to be, Genesis chapter 22, it says this, excuse me, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Now notice what it says. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the, he set out for the place God had told him about. I mean, talk about a mountain to climb. You know, we all have mountains that we need to climb. And, and I don't know what those mountains are for you in your life. There's different mountains at different times. And whether that's a, man, we look at the, the job situation in front of us, we're going, man, that's a mountain that I got to climb. Or, or maybe we look at a relationship in front of us and the challenges with that. And we're like, man, that's a mountain I got to climb. Or, or maybe it's your health and just this whole virus that's happening. And maybe that's one of your mountains you're having to climb. We all have mountains in front of us and God will use those mountains in our lives to grow us. Abe had, Abraham had a mountain in front of him that was really beyond his comprehension. What was it? Genesis 22 verse 2 says, Sacrifice your only uh, son as a burnt offering on the mountain that I'll tell you about. Now, Abraham is not unfamiliar with this idea of child sacrifice. The other false religions around him, all those gods expected you to sacrifice your children. So he understood it. But this is different for Abraham. I mean, Isaac is the child of promise. I mean, it took a miracle for, for him to even be conceived and be born. And now we're even older. We're over 100 years old. How's that even possible? God, why would you do this now? God, this makes no sense. Have you ever experienced a time in your life where God has called you to something that doesn't make any sense to you? I would imagine you have. I know I've had those circumstances in my life and they don't make sense in the moment. This mountain of a request is beyond Abraham's comprehension. It's out of bounds. It's, it's, it's something that, that I can't understand, God. But God is using this mountain 
to grow Abraham. God uses mountains to grow us. In fact, I have news for you. The Christian life, it's not an easy life. It's not always the easy life, but it is the best life. It's the most fulfilling life, the most rewarding life, not just for eternity, which of course it is, but even here and now, it's a life full of peace and joy and contentment and purpose. It's not the easy life, but it is the best life. In fact, I think about the story where Jesus had preached a message and all the people who had been following him, uh, and the Bible tells us that many of those people, after hearing Jesus' difficult teaching, they left and they walked away and they abandoned Jesus. They bailed out on Jesus. They discovered the Christian life following Jesus was not the easy life. Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them, hey, are you guys going to leave also? And Peter speaks up and he says this. He says, no way. We know it's not an easy life, but it is the best life. We'll climb whatever mountain is in front of us. In John chapter 6, he said it this way, Lord, where in the world will we go? You're the one who has the words that give eternal life. There will be times when God calls us to a mountain of sacrifice that just doesn't make sense to us. And it's not easy. But it is the life God has called us to, and we need to be reminded that Jesus is life, that he gives life. As P Peter said, who else would we possibly turn to? And so in those times of sacrifice, don't forget, God is using that mountain to grow you. He's using that mountain to grow you closer to him. He's also using that mountain to grow you stronger in your faith. Let me ask you, what mountain or mountains are in front of you right now? I would encourage you even to begin to just quietly pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you even throughout this message. Instead of avoiding the mountain, instead of walking around the mountain, instead of, uh, of running away from the mountain, we are invited to climb that mountain that is before us. In fact, I would say this, the longer you and I avoid the mountain that is in front of us, the more we miss out on all that God has in store for us, the more we miss out on who God is, the more we miss out on what God has for us, the more we miss out on the opportunity to grow in the ways that God wants us to grow, the more we miss out on discovering even what the purpose is of that mountain is in our life, the more we miss out on growing closer to God and the more we miss out on our faith being strengthened. God had been faithful to Abraham thus far. He's already seen it in the last 10, 20 years of his life. So why not step out now and, and trust God? Because that's when you and I go, grow, excuse me. Now it's interesting, they don't know the outcome yet. You and I know the story, at least some of us do. You know the story. If you don't hang with us, we'll get to where the story's heading. They are actually living the mountain of sacrifice in real time. They don't know what's coming. They don't know the miracle yet. They don't even know how much trust is truly required, but they climbed. So in the midst of your mountain, hang on, climb, trust, keep climbing. God is using the mountain to develop you, to strengthen your faith muscles, to grow us. But also God uses mountains to show us specifically to show us himself. 
The story continues in Genesis chapter 22, verses 4 through 14. And Isaac's a little confused as they head out on this journey. And I'm th- he's having a conversation with his dad saying, Dad, I don't understand. We're being called to go sacrifice to God but, and offer God a sacrifice. But where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says in Genesis 22, verse 8, he says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Abe's acting in faith even though he doesn't see it, even though he doesn't understand it. He's trusting God to provide. He's trusting God to reveal himself and even to reveal his plan. What you and I need to understand is our entire faith life is built on trust. It's built on trusting God. Even when I don't see it, even when you don't see it, trusting that God is working, that never, God never stops working. In fact, the only chance you and I have to potentially see what God is doing is to, to show up, to get on the mountain, to take the step, to climb the mountain, to trust, to trust, to trust. So let me ask you, what is the hardest area of your life to trust God? I want you to think about that. Right now, what's, what's been the hardest area of your life to trust God in? For some of you, maybe it's related to something as it pertains to your job, and you've had a hard time trusting God with, that, with your job or that aspect of your job. For some of you, maybe it's been, you've had a hard time trusting God with something related to your child or your children. Maybe for some of you, you've had a hard time trusting God with a, with a relationship or maybe a difficult relationship or a family relationship, something that's been really hard to truly trust God. Maybe for you, it's been work-related or church-related. Maybe some of you are, have really struggled with a major decision that's in front of you, and it's been hard to trust God. And some of you, maybe it's been hard to trust God with a particular faith topic. Maybe there's something as it pertains to faith or your faith and, and, and you just haven't really been fully able to trust God yet. You want the answers. You need the answers. And you've been trying to climb this mountain and, and it hasn't been leading to the answers that you want. I can tell you this, that the hardest area of your life for you that it's, it's hard for you to trust God in, sooner or later, that'll be a mountain in front of you that you'll need to climb. Sooner or later, that mountain's going to be right in front of you because that's the area you you struggle with trusting God in. And that mountain's always going to be there. What did Abraham say to Isaac's question of where's the sacrifice? He said in Genesis 22 verse 8, God will provide. God's going to show up. God's going to show us. God's going to show us himself on this mountain. You see, Abraham's story is one of trust and faith. Galatians chapter three says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham trusted God. He had faith in God. And because of that, he was considered by God to be a righteous person. So trust, trust and watch how God provides. Watch how God moves. Watch how God shows himself and his provision. You know, I would say it this way, that the mountain before you, whatever it is right now, consider that mountain trust training. Trust training. And I can tell you this, that our trust in God, that our faith in God grows 
with experience and evidence. Let me explain what I mean. The more that you trust God, the more that you begin to trust God, the more you will start seeing evidence through those experiences of trusting God that he is in fact trustworthy. Does that make sense? Let me, let me explain it another way. Whatever is before you, the way that you gain evidence that God works, that God moves, that God acts is through experience, right? And so by climbing, you got to climb the mountain. You can't consider yourself a climber if you've never climbed a mountain. You become a climber by climbing a mountain. And so by doing that, by taking the step, by climbing, as you do that, you begin to see more and more evidence through your experiences of climbing the mountain that God is trustworthy, that God is who he says he is. You will see more of who God is and what God is about. You'll see more of God. Well, Abraham, his trust training is kicking into high gear in this moment. He gets to the spot on Mount Moriah. He builds the altar. He places Isaac on the altar. He raises the knife to sacrifice his only son, the son of the promise, the son uh, uh, that, that was provided miraculously. It doesn't make sense to him, but the knife is up. Genesis 22, verse 11. He reached out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And of course, Abraham stopped immediately. Here I am, God. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. You see, God showed up in this moment. God in this moment revealed who he was. He's not a vengeful God. He's not a God out to get us. He's not like the false gods who demand child sacrifices. He's not a God who, who is unmerciful, uncaring, not compassionate. He's a God of love. He's a God we can trust. He's a God who wants us to trust him and put him first and foremost in our lives. And he's a God who we can trust to provide even when we don't understand. I want you to notice the provision, Genesis chapter 22, verse 13. It says this, it says, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. God saves Isaac by providing a replacement sacrifice. Genesis twenty-two fourteen. it says this. So Abraham called that place. Notice what he called it. He called it, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it has been said, on this mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. In Hebrew, the phrase Jehovah Jireh, God in Hebrew is Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord will provide. God uses mountains to show us himself, to reveal something about himself to us. And Abraham learned, hey, God loves us. God provides for us and he'll provide in ways that we cannot possibly imagine. And very specifically, God provides at just the right time. 
that God will provide just in time. Now, that's not necessarily what I want to hear or you want to hear, right? I mean, I don't want God providing just in time. I want God providing in plenty of time, right? I want him to provide in advance. I want advance notice. I want plenty of time to plan and prepare. I don't want it to come out of nowhere. I don't want it to come down to the wire. In fact, let me ask you this. Who of you needs, uh, you know, to do a lot of advanced planning? You know, right wherever you're sitting, you know, you say, yeah, that's me. That's me, right? You're, you're like, hey, you're already planning for Christmas or you're already, you need to know exactly what's happening and who's going where and who's coming over. Some of you might need so much advanced planning. You're already working on the holidays for 2021. I hate to say it to you, but God providing at just the right time for those who need a ton of advanced planning that's probably going to be one of your mountains you'll always be climbing. So even when you don't understand, even when you're not sure, even when you don't have all the information yet, climb the mountain. Trust God. Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. And he'll do it at just the right time. Now I want to give you an important note here about altars. Altars in scripture are meant for remembrance. They are built to remind us of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness, of God providing for us, of God working in our lives, of God reminding us of who he is and what he does. Mount Moriah becomes a permanent altar of remembrance. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. It says in Genesis 22, 14, to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. I'm curious, do you have any altars of remembrance? Now, maybe you don't. Maybe this is new foreign idea to you. But if you don't have any altars of remembrance, man, it's easy to forget. And when the next mountain comes your way in your life, if you don't have an altar of remembrance or multiple altars of remembrances, you won't have it, when that next mountain comes, you won't have at your fingertips your previous experience, previous evidence that God moves and that God works and that God acts and that God shows up and that God will help you. And you won't have that at your fingertips to help you with the, the, the mountain that's in front of you in the moment. I have quite a few altars of remembrance in my life different locations, different places I've been, different circumstances have occurred. And, and whether that's on a, and some of them are actually on mountaintops. And whether that, that's a mountaintop, a couple of them in the Sierra Nevadas, whether that's in Monterey, um, I, I have, some, I even have one, you know, mentally in my backyard. Having those altars of remembrance are important to help us, to remind us that God uses mountains to show us, but also God uses mountains to, to grow us, excuse me, and to show us himself, to be reminded that he provides. But there's a third thing that God uses mountains for, and that's not just to show us or reveal himself, but to also show us his plan, to show us his plan. That's why mountains are so important for us to climb, because it's at the peak, it's at the destination that we find, we discover we understand God's plan, that God uses mountains to reveal his plan to us. Let's look at this in Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 15. It says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, 
that because you've done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, notice what he says. I will surely bless you. He's revealing the plan. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of your enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now God is referencing back to the promise of Genesis chapter 12, which is known as the Abrahamic covenant, that he said, I will bless you and all nations will be blessed. And he added to it. He said, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the shore. Because once Abraham followed through and once he, ob he obeyed, God showed him the plan. He revealed the blessing. And for Abe, it was blessing upon blessing. It's on mountains that God in scripture reveals his plans. Just to give you a couple of them that come to mind. Moses goes up on the mountain and God reveals, shows the plan. He gives them the 10 commandments, right? And, and that, that's the plan for the nation of Israel. Jesus climbs the Mount of Beatitudes and brings people with him and is there on that mountain, on that hill, that Jesus reveals and shows God's plan on what it looks like to have a blessed life or as we learned last week, a, a happy life. It's on Mount Carmel that, that God, uh, Ezekiel goes up there and, and we discover that God provides, that God is in charge, that God is the one true God. Climb Caesarea Philippi as the disciples did, leaving the Sea of Galilee region, heading up to Caesarea Philippi. And they discover there, a place was considered, it was considered uh, uh, the gates of hell, the gates of Hades. And Jesus said, here's my plan. The gates, my kingdom I will establish my kingdom. The gates of hell will not prevail. That my kingdom will be victorious. At the end or on the top of mountains, God shows us his plans. His plans to give us a blessing. Now here's the challenge for you and I. We don't want to wait to get to the mountain or get to the top of the mountain. We prefer to have the blessing first, right? We prefer to have the plan first. God, tell me what the blessing's going to be. God, tell me what the plan is. Let me understand. Help me understand. Then I'll be happy to climb. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not how it goes with me. God always says to you and I, you go first. Abraham was originally told by God, go to the land, I will show you. Abraham didn't have the luxury to say, well, wait, wait, hold on, time out, God. Can you tell me about the land? Can you tell me what it is? What's my path? How do I get there? God didn't give him any of that. God just said, go. Go to the land, I will show you. Jesus had his own words in the New Testament. Jesus' words were simply this. He said, come and what? Some of you might know it. Maybe say it out loud wherever you're sitting. It starts with an F. Come and what? Come and follow me. Follow me. That's all we get from Jesus. But then over time, through faithfulness, through obedience, through experience, we see the evidence. We begin to see the blessings. We begin to experience the blessings. You go first, you climb, and then God will bless. So let me ask you, in what area of your life, what arena of your life are you being called right now to go first? that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that God is calling you and he's inviting you and saying, I want you to go first. 
I want you to climb this mountain. You know the Holy Spirit's been nudging you on this, whether it's just been today or maybe even for weeks or months or years. God's waiting patiently. He wants to bless you. He wants to reveal his plan, but he's waiting for you to start the climb. Now, what was the blessing for Abraham? What was the revealed plan to Abraham uh, once he was ready and willing to sacrifice his child? Well, first of all, the first blessing was God saved his son Isaac, right? I mean, that was a huge blessing. But secondly, God strengthened his faith. Abraham understood God and faith on a whole new level through this experience. But third, God revealed his blessing to him that his offspring would be blessed, that his descendants would be numerous beyond imagination. And this place of sacrifice, Mount Moriah, would become the most holy place for all of his descendants. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you see, later on, Abraham, one of Abraham's descendants was King David. King David conquers the city of Jerusalem, sets it up as his capital. Then he wants to build God a temple uh, uh, there, and rather than just have a portable tabernacle. God doesn't allow him, but he does allow his son Solomon to build the temple. And there in the temple, remember you have, if you were with us in our last series, you have the holy place, and inside the holy place is the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant is placed. Where was that temple built? That temple was specifically built, that holy of holies specifically was built right over Mount Moriah. It was built right over this very holy and sacred place where Abraham almost sacrificed his child, Isaac. So this was a holy site. Eventually in 70 AD, the Romans conquer the city of Jerusalem, destroy the temple. In 580, excuse me, 685 AD, Muslims eventually come in and they build the, the dome of the rock on this very spot. Today, some Jews and some Christians believe that God will one day build a new temple on this site and the Messiah and the Savior, Jesus, will return. What did Jesus, uh, excuse me, what did God say? He said to Abraham, all nations will be blessed because you, Abraham, have obeyed me. Abraham's crazy climb Abraham's crazy, faithful obedience became an eternal sign, prophecy fulfilled. This holy site, Mount Moriah, where the temple is, where currently the Dome of the Rock is, is visited by all nations every single year. But even more to the real point of all nations being blessed. Another of Abraham's descendants, Jesus you might know the story, I'm sure you do. Still on the Mount Moriah area, Mount Moriah was a larger area, still on Mount Moriah, just outside the city walls, Jesus was sacrificed. Why? Romans 8 tells us God did not spare his son, but gave him up for all of us. Just as God replaced Isaac for a ram, so God has replaced what should be our own death for our own sin, replaced us as the sacrifice and put Jesus in our place as our sacrifice, as that lamb who would die in our place. Why? To save us all so that we could live eternally. And this good news, this gospel was taken to all nations so that eventually all nations on planet earth would be blessed 
by this good news that God saves, that God forgives us of our sins, that he gives us eternal life in Jesus. All nations will be blessed with that gospel message. Why does that happen? Because Abraham obeyed in this specific moment, in this specific place, at this specific time on Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah is a reminder to us of the faithfulness of God, the love of God for all who would trust in him. Mountains are where God works in mighty ways. So step forward, step into it, step onto it, climb. Don't give up. God's going to reveal himself on the mountain. And it's in the destination that God will also reveal his plan. It's at the destination that we discover the reason for the climb in the first place. Yes, our obedience is a critical part of the conversation. But the blessings by far outweigh everything else. It outweighs the journey, the challenges, the tests, all of it. Because remember, Mount Moriah, what is it called? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I don't know about you, but I want to dwell in this place of blessing. I want to dwell in a place where God provides, Jehovah Jireh, for all my needs. So what do you say? Will you climb? You can't climb a mountain unless you take the first step. So what's your first step? Let's go before God. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we come before you recognizing that we have some mountains in front of us. And so God, hear our prayers right now as we call out to you, as we acknowledge these mountains. And so I'm asking wherever you are, would you take a moment before God and would you just acknowledge and say, God, I recognize the mountain that's in front of me. The Holy Spirit's made it clear to me that you're inviting me to climb. That God, I recognize it's trust training that you want to use this mountain to grow me, to show me more about you and to reveal your plans to me. So God, as best as I know how in this moment, I just say to you, God, in faith, I'm going to obey. I'm going to step out. I'm gonna trust. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't understand, I'm gonna trust God that you will provide Jehovah Jireh that you will take care of me, that you will reveal to me what I need to know, what I need to understand. So God, I take this step before you now in Jesus' name. God, would you hear each person's prayer who prayed this in faith? Show us and remind us once again that you are a God who provides no matter how difficult the mountain is before us. Thank you, God for your word. Thank you for the mountains you put in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.